you're at lunch, or if you have no appetite, now is a good time to switch off the radio. It will not be pleasant listening. Welcome to the LRWS on RazRadioLive.com, RadioChaos.net, and NoNameNetwork.net. Hosted by a man pining for his audience. Zero point zero. A fun-loving woman. Thank you so much for making my days brighter. And a guy who kind of sounds like the comic book guy from The Simpsons. Loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. Hope you enjoy the program, because no refunds will be issued. I'll write it and we'll do it live! Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the LRWS. My name is Lawrence Ross. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Normally I'd have on my co-hosts Marcy out of Ohio and uh, Waterhead, a.k.a. Thomas, out of Florida. But uh, both of those fine individuals are currently unavailable at this time. But that is okay. I have no problem with flying this program solo. And so here we go. If you would like to text, the number is 813-602-2715. Go ahead and just send me your messages, folks. And uh, if you want to be on the air, just say, hey, I want to be on the air. And I will dial you up on Skype over here. And we will put you, and I'll put you on the air, and everything will be good from that point on, hopefully. Or if you don't want to do that, you can always check out uh, Twitter. Uh, Twitter.com, at BlindLawrence, at Marcy underscore Catanese, C-A-T-A-N-E-S-E, or at L-R-W-S Waterhead. You can check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash L-R-W-S Productions, or you can check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash L-R-W-S Productions. We are up to, I believe it's 171 subscribers on that channel, so thank you to everybody who has uh, subscribed to us. And, well, very exciting news is that this program is now officially... In the iTunes podcast directory. This program has a bit of a history with iTunes. We were on iTunes back. Well, let me rewind the tape all the way back because I figure since I might have some new listeners, I might as well go and explain from the very beginning who I am, what got me interested in the radio and where it has led me to this current time and what it is I would like to hopefully do with this podcast. And hopefully, folks, uh, with your help, uh, we can uh, make this thing work because that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be successful in this field because I'm looking to entertain people with uh, my style of uh, entertainment, my style, like I could say, of commentary, uh, the various uh, comedy elements that I've done, which I'm going to be playing some of those tonight for you guys hope you guys enjoy some of those and so here we go so i was born in new york mount kisco new york november 1st 1987 but i was not scheduled to be born on that day i was actually scheduled to be born on groundhog day of 1988 but if you're doing the math uh i am what is known as a preemie i was born prematurely three months early by the way and from what I've been told is, from what I've heard is that the uh, time from pregnancy to the uh, baby being born, uh, the, the time from fertilization to conception, all that stuff, 
takes about nine months, roughly 39 to 40 weeks, give or take. And I came out 25 at 25 weeks into the pregnancy. And it wasn't just me. I am a surviving triplet. And I had two brothers, Alex and Zachary, who are no longer with us. And the birth order went as such. Alex was born 12.36 a.m. Zachary was born 12.46 a.m. And I was born 12.48 a.m. As a result, we all suffered. We all, we, we all got the short end of the stick in some way, shape, or form. Uh, Zachary was the first to pass away. He passed away two days after birth. Two days. That is it. And Alex, he was a fighter. He hung in there. And he passed away April 28th, 1988. I am the sole survivor, but as a result, as I said, we all paid for it. And I paid for it in that I have what's known as retinopathy of prematurity. The way that works is the retina did not fully develop all the way. So it's sort of like having eyesight, but at the same time, it kind of isn't. And from what I've read is that retinopathy of prematurity, it goes in six different stages. Stage one is it's fixable. Stage two is, yes, it's fixable, but there could be a chance that something could still go wrong. Stage three is 50-50, and stage four is, well, there's not much we will be able to do, maybe. Stage five is nothing can be done, and stage six is basically the same thing. They just just assign various uh, stages to it, I guess. I don't know all of the information about it, but I... And since I was born in the 80s, medical science was not what it is today. They were unable to diagnose that I was blind in New York. We had to go to Philadelphia to find that out. It was March of 1988. And we had been told about this surgery that might, that might help. Because they tried a couple of surgeries to save... No, wait, hang on, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. No, 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 uh, no, I take it back. They had tried a couple of surgeries, but it just wasn't working. To try and salvage the eyes and make sure that they worked. Well, they didn't work. So we find out about this procedure in Philadelphia. So we go to Philadelphia, and my mom and I, we go to this doctor. The doctor, he sees me. He looks over at my mom. He says to her, ma'am, there's nothing I can do. This child is blind. And that just had to rock her right to the core because she had never heard anybody say, she'd never heard anybody apply that label to any of her children at that time. And it, and I imagine it had to be quite the emotional roller coaster for them. I mean, it's not, I mean, I imagine, I imagine it cannot be easy Raising a child who has some sort of abnormality, physical abnormality, mental abnormality, emotional abnormality, whatever the case might be. I mean, it has to be tough. I mean, well, in all fairness, 
I got to think that raising a kid has got to be, you know, it, it's not always a picnic. It's not always a picnic. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> I'm not speaking from experience, me having kids or anything, which I don't. I'm just saying that I imagine that it has to be pretty tough at times. But I think that <clears throat> being blind has been an advantage in some some parts of life. There are some things that I am grateful that I'm unable to see. But there are some disadvantages, some things that I would like to see, but can't. So I have to pretty much, I have to take people's word when they say that is a red vehicle or whatever it is, whatever it might be. But that's, you know, there I went to regular public schools and uh, there was no segregation. There was uh, there, there was no uh, breaking us up into various uh, groups and whatnot. I, I did the same thing all the other kids did. Recess, you know, did that. Uh, did all the stuff that all the other kids uh, did. Reading, writing, arithmetic. And when I was about four years old. Okay, wait. So as a result of me having retinopathy prematurity, the way that works is the retina is not fully developed, so it's kind of detached. So in order to hold the retina in place, what they did was they put a silicone band around my eye to hold it in place. It wouldn't work, but it would hold it in place, and so I would have that going on. But when I was about four years old, the thing broke. I don't know if I broke it. I don't know if it just broke on its own accord. I don't know if it was like, man, I don't like being attached to this four-year-old kid. I don't like the way he's looking now. I mean, you know, he's not looking so good now. I mean, you know, I don't want to hang around adopted people. <laughs> I'm kidding about that, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not adopted. <laughs> That's the winning joke in my family. The winning joke in my family is that I'm adopted. <laughs> but I'm not. But as I said... The band broke and went to all these different doctors. None of them one none of them were able to properly diagnose it. We 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 were having a bit of a time. But then we discovered this one guy who he decided, well, let's get him a prosthetic. A prosthetic eye. And we're and they're like, okay, we can do that, not a problem. So Ever since the age of four, I've had a prosthetic eye in my left eye. My left, your right. And every couple of years or so, as I was as I was getting older, I would have to get fitted for a new one. And now, the way it works is every, I'd say every five years or so, I get a new one. Because over time, you can polish them up as much as you want. But, but it just, I don't know. Uh, it's a smart decision to get a new one every every five years or so, you know, just to you know, just to have and 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 you can you can hold on to the other one for backup if need be, if need be, of course. But I lived with that, but I've lived with that, and it does not cause any issues whatsoever. There's no discomfort. There's no pain, and the only time I take it out is say if I need to clean it. Or if I want to show some friends because they're pretty impressed by it or freaked out by it. I don't know. But 
when I lived in New York, believe it or not, the education system there, for some reason, would not teach me Braille. I don't know why, but they, I, I don't know, I guess they somehow figured that I'd be able to work with large print for the rest of my life. And my parents were like, well, no, because what if when he goes to high school and he's got to read those big textbooks, it's going to take him forever and a day to finish up what he needs to do. And they weren't budging. So we decided to leave New York anyway, because we were tired of all the cold weather. And so we packed up and we moved to uh, Florida because Florida said, yeah, we will teach him Braille. Not a problem. We'll teach him Braille. We'll teach him a cane. We'll teach him all the stuff he needs to learn. And uh, we did that. We moved to Florida in 1995. And three years ago, I moved uh, independently to uh, Leavenworth, Kansas, where I currently work. And I'm looking to get out. But that's neither here nor there. But I want to tell you a little about what got me into radio, basically. What what drew me to the radio? I, I think probably because not being able to see the TV screen only being able to hear what was coming out of the speakers on that medium, I, fi- I I probably figured, well, you know, what else is there? And then I discovered radio. I don't remember the first radio broadcast I ever heard, but but I do remember growing up in New York and I was bouncing around the stations because I was only I was I was very young I was, I was a very young lad. I was I was only five six years old, so I was unaware of the the big names basically i did not know that don imus was on 660 wfan and he had this big feud with howard stern i didn't know that howard stern was a big time nationally syndicated radio host with a bunch of accolades and all that stuff at the time but i grew up listening to the stations around new york i grew up listening to as i said 660 wfan I would have Imus on as like background noise. I didn't really pay attention to his uh, program all that much growing up. Uh, I mainly listened to a lot of the music that was popular back then. Like I listened to K104. That that was like my favorite station I would love to listen to. And uh, when we moved to Florida, I started exploring the radio landscape there. Discovered uh, 1010. Uh, uh, I think it was like. 10, 10 a.m. Yeah, it was 10, 10 a.m. And I discovered uh, uh, the Don and Mike show, which was syndicated, which at the time I didn't know it was syndicated. Uh, then I started discovering the other radio stations around the uh, Tampa area. I uh, started listening to 93.3 WFLZ, which played a lot of the same music that uh, K104 would play. And... Uh, Grew up listening a little bit. Uh, grew up listening to uh, this program, the MJ and BJ Morning Show, for several years, and at that time, I enjoyed it. But as time goes on, we find out that people's uh, tastes change, which there's nothing wrong with that. And around 1998, one morning, I was listening to FLZ, and they were playing something that I already that I had already had. Something I had in my archive. So I decided to jump around the station a little bit. And I land on 98 Rock. And I hear this guy talking. And he's talking about the weather from the previous day. And I wasn't really all that into his monologue all that much. I, I was just having it on as, like, as I say, background noise. 
And then I start piecing it all together. I'm like, okay, the guy in 98 Rock is known as Bubba the Love Sponge. Uh, and I didn't really get into the program all that much until like, I kind of started to creep into that territory around early 99 because one morning I was listening to the because sh- uh, one morning I was bouncing around the stations and I wanted to see what 98 Rock was doing and I land on this this clip of this guy and he's ranting about the Gasparilla Parade in Florida but I didn't know it at that time because I had caught the tail end of it and all I heard was him just hollering about the beads Hollering about how girls are showing their boobs to get the beads at this parade in Gasparilla. What's all that about? And then I hear this little sweeper and the guy goes, He's everyone's favorite crotchety old man, Ned on 98 Rock. So that that was pretty amusing. And then I and then as time would go on, I would I would periodically switch between FLZ and 98 Rock, not knowing of the rivalry between these two radio hosts. Not knowing that there was bad blood between these two programs. Not knowing that one of the guys on the show used to work for this MJ guy. But that's near or there. But I started listening to the show. But I kind of started gravitating a little bit more towards the Baba program. Mainly for the comedy elements. You know, people often say, I read Playboy for the articles. That's kind of what I was like when it came to Bubba. Like, like when it came to Bubba and his comment sometimes I wasn't really on board sometimes I kind of was a little bit but not all the time but I was mainly interested in the bits because I just found it to be so interesting hearing uh, either one person or multiple people do multiple voices in this pre-recorded setting where it was all cut together and it sounded really smooth and it sounded like a lot of fun actually it really did and so I got all of the stuff from both of the morning shows at the time. Like I had all the MJ and BJ CDs. And then as the years went by, I started to collect all of the Bubba albums. And so, and well, one of the biggest influences for me doing radio is a guy named Phil Hendry. If you've never heard of Phil Hendry, you're missing out on one hell of a program. Um, not a paid endorsement. Just want to give the guy props. Phil is a great guy. Many times, as a matter of fact, you can actually check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash LRWS Productions. We have an interview section up there. We, we, we have a playlist of the interviews that we've done over the years. And Phil has been on the show three times. And Phil, for those who don't know, I'll give you a brief explanation as to Phil started out in radio in 1973 in Orlando, and then he moved to various markets over the years. And in 1990, he arrived at this little station in Ventura, California. And he was wondering, what am I going to do with my career now? Because I'm burnt out with spinning records. I'm kind of burnt out on regular talk radio. What exactly am I going to do with this? So there was a guy, I think his name is Billy Pearl. 
And Billy Pearl was reading an article. And Billy Pearl, he was a former top 40 guy turned talk show. And it was a pending Gulf War. And he would read the questions. And he would, when he would give the responses as Saddam Hussein, he would put it And Phil heard that and he was wondering, why isn't this guy like altering? Like, why isn't he putting on like a funny accent? Why isn't he like doing this, that, and the other. So Phil came on the air one day. Again, this is a KVEN. And he gets on the air and he says, Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Rajvanin. Uh, Phil Hendry is out today, so I am taking over for the program for this afternoon. And I just want to say that Saddam Hussein is not a bad guy. I don't know why Americans are uh, mocking him and uh, condemning him to death and uh, saying all these horrible things about him. He's not a bad guy. And next thing you know, Phil's uh, uh, engineer at the time said, hey, man, people want to talk to the Iraqi guy. And Phil's like, really? And guy's like, yeah. Phil's like, all right, cool. At that time, he didn't disclose what it was. You see, what Phil would do is that was Phil doing a voice a very convincing character voice. And he was at he was at Ventura for a couple of years. Then he moved to Atlanta for a year. Where he started to gain a little bit of traction there. And he did a bit one time uh well named uh, Steve Warnell. And I here. <laughs> I hope the levels are okay on this one. Okay, there we go. There we go. So about that, I, 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 can, I can hear myself in the headphones kind of popping a little bit. And I was kind of freaking out a little bit. And it got so popular to where Phil was doing six shows a week. And then on Saturday nights, he would do something called the Steve Warnell Show, where in character for four hours, he would talk about local sports in the Atlanta uh, hub. The Atlanta region. He did that for a year. Then he went to WS Minnesota, where he was doing the nighttime show, like ten a.m., like ten p.m. to two a.m. And he said that it. He said that trying to get an audience there was really tough. Uh, peop, there were a lot of people who didn't get the show. There were some people who really got the show, but there were some people who didn't like the show. As a matter of fact, the general manager of that station. Did not like Phil at all, but he was willing to keep him around for another year. But a guy by the name of Bob Green, uh, I guess he caught Phil's show and he liked what he heard. I'd like to take you to Miami, Florida, my friend. And Phil's like, all right, hey, look, that's a no-brainer, man. If I can go to a warmer climate where I don't got to be shoveling snow, I'm all for it, man. So Phil got a gig at the legendary WIOD. In Miami, Florida. For those of you, for, for those of you who listen to radio, and you've been through Miami and you've turned on six ten WIOD, you will know the station six ten WIOD. And that station was where Larry King had a show for for a long time. Neil Rogers had a show forever and a day on that network. Uh, Rick and Suds, I think, were the morning guys on that station, and Phil was the afternoon guy and he did his character voices thing there for three years got a lot of traction started building an audience and phil was actually sued 
by Brian Cox for a bit that the five hundred this was. Brian Cox started to host a show on a rival station, WQAM. And Phil, at the same time Brian Cox was doing his his program, Phil would do his send up of the Brian Cox show. And it was just Phil doing this uh, African-American sounding voice. And if it have like, yeah, man, welcome to the Brian Cox show. And man, I got to say, man, I really wish I really wish Don Shula would tell me to, you know, would let me put all the Jerry Curl I want in my hair, man. So he did stuff like that. So one night after a Dolphins game, they're doing. And so word had gotten back to Brian Cox that Phil was making fun of him. And Brian was not amused at all. And he's in the locker room doing this presser. And he looks at the uh, the flag. Because when these radio stations, when they go to the locker rooms of these teams to interview them for the post-game shows, they got, little, they got these little flags with little station logos and uh, the call letters. And Brian Cox, he looks at the microphone and he goes, we on WIOD. Is this WIOD? And the guy goes, yes, it is. And Brian Cox, he just goes, suck my dick. And that went out over the air, totally uncensored because they couldn't get it. You know, it was, it's, it's live radio. You know, sometimes you can't get everything. So Phil heard that. And like the next day or whenever it was, he comes on the air as Brian Cox. And he goes, yeah, man, I'm getting married to my radio partner. And Brian was so mad he sued Phil for $15 million, uh, defamation, slander, liable, character assassination, all that stuff. But eventually they patched things up. Eventually, uh, years went by and Phil was at a Christmas party one year and a guy said, hey man, I want you to meet Brian Cox. And Phil's a little nervous and they, they go up to meet and Brian says, hey, this is the guy who said that I was gay, and that moment actually inspired me to get in the radio, man. So, I mean, you know, I mean, well, you know, it, it's cool that it worked out. And so, I, so listening to Phil and hearing his style of radio, that really, that really impressed me because one of the things I'm known for is I'm able to do impressions. Well, that's for you to judge. Well, that is for you to judge, folks. That's for you to judge. And I'm going to be playing, uh, as I said earlier in the program, I'm going to be playing a couple of elements tonight, featuring some of my skills that I'm able to do. And uh, you guys, hopefully, uh, if if you respond positively, then, hey, hopefully we can get this thing going to other avenues and all that fun stuff. So, as I said, how did I get into radio? Well, well, I, well, living in Florida, I grew up, as I said, following various radio careers, and one of them was of uh, Bubba the Love of Bubba the Love Sponge. And in fired stunt on TV gets radio guys in trouble. I don't know how that really works out. Well, in all fairness, because George W. Bush was in the White House, and I guess they figured the religious right. You know, we have to sanitize the airwaves. We have to clean it up so that it's accessible to everybody, and no one's offended. This, that, and the other. And so Bubba was shown the door, and so was Howard Stern, a drop from six Clear Channel affiliates. And in 2006, Bubba was on Howard's satellite channel, Howard 101, on Sirius Satellite Radio. 
And in 2008, in order to make ends meet, Bubba had to take a second job. He had to take a morning show gig that was on regular radio. He had to abide by the rules, but he did a good job with it. And one morning he was talking about how he would be at the Walmart, uh, a nearby Walmart over the weekend. So that's my dad. I said, hey, can we go to Walmart? I want to meet Bubba the Love Sponge. He's like, yeah, sure. We can do that. And he asked me, is there anybody on that program who you're able to impersonate? And I go, yeah, I think so. There's there's a guy on the show named Ned. And uh, Ned kind of, uh, well, uh, he kind of went through a couple of different phases because uh, back in the day, he uh, kind of sounded a little bit like this. And uh, then his uh, time went on, he kind of sounded rougher, I guess you could say. And uh, now he kind of sounds a little bit like this. Yes, yes, but sure. Basically, so so my dad and I were in line, basically, and I go up to Bubba and uh, start talking to him a little bit, and my dad says, hey, do your net impression, and I'm like, all right, so I did it, and Bubba's like, oh, it's not a bad impression, boss, take a picture, so we took a picture, and I uh, said to him, hey, look, man, you know, I'd love to be, you know, you know, really enjoy your program, man, he's like, oh, thank you very much, man, much appreciated, all that stuff, and uh, I said, yeah, look, man, you know, I, you know uh, it's a lot of fun, he's like, oh, thank you, man. So a couple days later, they had this blind guy on the program. He was in studio, and they were chatting with him. And uh, I was listening to the show that day, and I was like, called up, got on the air, and I'm like, hey, Bubba, how you doing, man? It's uh, Lawrence. I met you at the Walmart there. And he says, oh, man, how you doing, buddy? I'm like, I'm doing really good. And and, and Bubba remembered my impersonation of, Dead and, uh, the, of Ned. And so I did the impression, and even Ned was like, it's not bad, not bad, pretty damn good. So did that, and then I demoed the uh, Jaws uh, for Windows program, which you're probably going to hear, which we are going to hear periodically throughout the program, because that is what uh, voices uh, some sweepers that I've done on this program, Uh, uh, the musical interlude, all that stuff. And so so I started, started getting a little bit more involved with the program. We did something called the Blind Olympics, like a couple of weeks after my first phone call. And uh, started calling it my talent for being able to accurately pinpoint where various elements were. Like the way that would happen is, like they do a talk break and whatnot, and they'd run some commercials and come back, and they would sometimes play an old bit, like an old phone call or whatever, a song or a commentary, whatever it was. And when it would come on, there was a forum. And I would be in the forum just you know, just browsing around and I would just put on there just, you know, just for fun. I, I, I was never, I was never looking for any recognition. Not that I didn't want it. I mean, I mean, it, it, it was, it was totally a surprise to me, but I just started saying to the audience who were on the forum when they'd play an element, I would say, Hey, this one is on this album disc number one, cut number seven, or whatever it was. Like, like, like if they were on iTunes, like if the bit was on iTunes, I'd say, hey, it's on this album. So one day, Bubba takes note of that, and he's like, man, this guy's unbelievable. He knows where all of our stuff is. This guy's pretty damn good. So I uh, demonstrated that talent for them many times, and, they've always, and they were always impressed. And so, so uh, in around, so in March of 2009, I was looking for something to, uh, uh, so, so I started to pursue how I could 
become a part of the program in some capacity. So I went to the station one day and one of the guys was like, uh, maybe we could have, and, and they were explaining it to me. They're okay. Well, look, if you're an intern, that means you don't get to hear the show because you'd probably be out back like raking leaves or washing Bubba's car, you know, washing Bubba's truck or whatever. You wouldn't get to hear the show. And I'm like, okay, well, and they were like, okay, well, maybe what you could probably do is since you're so good, what with knowing where all the stuff is, how about if you write a sample recap one of these days for us and uh, just send it along and we'll like, uh, cool. So, so I did that one morning and uh, had a lot of fun doing it and sent it off. And they were like, wow, this is really good. This is, this is, uh, this is, this really kicks ass, man. I'm like, thank you. So a couple weeks later, I emailed them again. I'm like, hey, you know, you guys got anything? You're like, well, we don't have anything like for you to actually come down and like be a part of. But we were wondering, you know, if 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 you would be willing to write your kick ass recaps for us. I'm like, all right, you got it, man. No pay, by the way. I was not looking for any pay. I did out of a you know a, a fondness for the program. And as time went on, I started being incorporated in the show a little bit more. I uh, had the pleasure of working with uh, Manson. He is the guy who used to do all the bits on the program. Now he does his own thing. Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash cluster F show is where you can check that out if you like. And uh, I had the pleasure of working with him. I had the pleasure of working with almost everybody on the uh, program in, in, in some capacity. And, uh, you know, we had a great time. I uh, had a chance to uh, perform live in front of about 400 for something called Bubba Palooza, where I basically went out and told some old school jokes, but uh, kind of modified them a little bit to kind of fit the tempo of the program, and the crowd really enjoyed it, I think. I, I, th- I think they responded pretty positively. I, I heard uh, 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 heard a lot of laughs out there, so that was pretty fun. I uh, did a couple of videos for them. Uh, one video where I was a uh, safety inspector for BP, in response to the uh, BP catastrophe that happened when the oil rig exploded. Then there's another video where I play the part of a blind gangster, which is very rare. And I have it somewhere on a DVD. I, I know I got it on a DVD somewhere at my old house in Florida. I just have to go and get it. Or maybe ask a friend if they can send it to me and I can send it along or whatever. But it really was a lot of fun doing all that stuff. And then in 2011, wait, and also, uh, yeah, so I, as I say, I was in a couple of bits. Uh, there was one bit Manson does where around Christmas time he does an impression of uh, Bruce Springsteen. It's a takeoff on the intro to Santa Claus is Coming to Town by Bruce Springsteen, where Bruce will talk with the band a little bit and then he kind of talks to the audience and he goes in song. Well, Manson, for years, he would do this impression of Dean and he would just. And he would just relentlessly just rib the guys about what what, what whatever what, whatever he felt like ribbing them about, and they're all good sports about it. You know, they they go in there read their lines and stuff like that. So I I did that. Uh, I was in a bit one time where I end up in a Ned's sex dungeon, and uh, and uh, we're all supposed to get sodom. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're all in the sex dungeon, and uh, Ned spins the wheel of rape, and I'm wanting him like, oh, come on, me first, me first, me first. Ned goes, well, Blood Orange, look like, looks like it's your lucky day, but I talk too damn much. That's the thing. 
I talk so much because I want it, and then I get shoved to the back of the line for not following instructions. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 ju- it's just hyperbole. Nothing happened. It was it was it was all just you know it was it was it was all just pre-record. You know, it was it was all just uh, it was it was all in the name of comedy. You know, there's there was no malice behind it whatsoever. You know, I was I was eager to record it. Because I'll never forget that one day I, I, I went to the show and man's like, hey man, Ned wants you to record some stuff. I'm like, oh, hell yeah, man. When can we do it, man? And so, yeah, so we did that. And that was a lot of fun. And then uh, in 2000, I actually submitted a couple of bits to the program. One they really enjoyed. The other ones were kind of, man, clunkers. But hey, you know, they can't all be, you know, they can all be, they can't all be home runs. But did those and had fun making all those, even though some of the bits fell flat. In 2011, I uh, heard about them moving to Radio IO, followed them to Radio IO.com, and I wanted to be a part of it so I could provide a little bit of insight, you know, provide my opinion on stuff, or maybe, you know, if the time was right, maybe say, hey, just to let you guys know, uh, that old school uh, Manson bit that Bubba played today is on this album. You check it out. It's really funny. That sort of thing. And so did that for about a year, uh, about like a year and a couple of months. And then, uh, and, th- and then, uh, 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 and then just, uh, uh time kind of moved on. Basically. I, I, I think, I think it was kind of like my time to move on really. But, uh, the last thing that I did for them was I helped out with the production of an album that they put out 50 shades of me. And it's a six-disc set, and they're all themed discs. And almost all the tracks on that album are tracks that I suggested. Not necessarily saying they had to use them. I was just offering up a little bit of, a uh, little bit of guidance. You know, just like you know, make their you know make their jobs a little bit easier. And so they used. Almost all of them. There's there's only two cuts that I did not suggest. Not that I'm upset about it, which I'm not. Believe me, I'm not upset at their suggestion. You know, at what they put on the album. But I'm just happy that they utilized my suggestions, and the fans bought the album, and they and they enjoyed it. And so this, which kind of le- which leads me to this program. And how I met the people who were affiliated with this program. So back in June of 2001, I went to the Florida Lions Club. The Florida Lions Club is an organization for blind children to get together and socialize and interact with each other and do all sorts of things. And they have a camp. Well, I'm not sure if they still do, but they have a camp. And well, they, they had a camp at one time and one day I was in line getting a root beer and this dude in front of me, we start talking a little bit because I noticed he was doing an impression of uh, Terrence and Philip from South Park. So I kind of keyed in on that and we start talking as, Hey, what's your name, man? He goes, I'm Matt, uh, Matthew. I'm, I'm like, oh, nice to meet you, man. I'm Lawrence. He says, oh, nice to meet you, man. So we uh, sat down and we uh, just uh, started talking and uh, and and uh, we've been friends ever since. I haven't talked to him in a long time though, but uh, I should probably I should probably call him this weekend see how he's doing, man. Uh, so 
we were both into uh, radio. We, we we were both in the same program. I got him hooked on to uh, Phil Hendry, and uh, and uh, and uh, things of that nature. So in March of two thousand five, I was a part of something called the VIP Club, and it's very important people who are visually impaired, and it's a it's comprised of blind students across various counties in Florida. And they all come together once a month to meet up, uh, have pizza, uh, socialize, discuss issues, this, that, and the other. Well, one day, we're all at Celebration Station. And we catch up with this guy who, when he starts talking, we're like, yeah, this guy sounds his name was uh, Thomas, and so we started uh, hanging out with him, interacting with him, and uh, and I've known Thomas for 15 years now. And uh, so in 2006, Phil Hendry retired from regular radio because he was just done with it because he felt that he had taken the show as far as he could on that particular, on that platform. So he decides to go and, uh, you know, leave radio and go do something else. So he goes, so, so Phil leaves. And so I cooked up a little podcast where it would just be like 20 minutes of me talking and that was about it. And it was okay for what it was. I mean, the audio quality wasn't as good as, say, something like this is. But I made do with what I had. So then, a couple of years later, after I got a couple of, you know, after I started learning about radio, this, that, and the other, I decide to, Thomas and I were hanging out one day, and he's like, hey, maybe we should record a podcast. I'm like, all right, cool. So we did a couple of episodes, but those are long gone. Those are not available anywhere. And so one day we were hanging out, and I said, I can't remember who said it, but it was something to the effect of like, hey, you want to revisit that podcast idea? He's like, all right, yeah, sure. So we did a, so we did an episode and we uploaded it to a couple of platforms. I think like uh, send space or you send it or something like that. And then we decided, okay, let's put this stuff on YouTube. So I taught myself how to edit audio, this, that, and the other. And then I decided to go. And so, so as the years went by, the quality of the program started to improve a little bit and we learned about various recording programs, how to record Skype calls, make them sound better, how to make us sound a little bit better. The microphones got a little bit better. And then in 2013, we're live to Sean Raspatello's network and I go, okay, cool. And I asked the question of, okay, well, look, you know, what if I'm on the air and, you know, there's a bit of a technical snafu and Kim goes relaxing and that's usually the best part, man. That's the best part, dude. I'm like, all right, hey, you got a point. And so we did that. We went live and we've been going live ever since. TF52.com is where you can check us out every Friday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern time, by the way. And we, well, we started podcasting, like officially 
putting our stuff on iTunes in 2013. But in 2018, the RSS feed, it, uh, uh, it fell by the wayside. So we, from that point on, started uploading our stuff to YouTube. So the idea was pitched, hey, how about if we get back to iTunes, see if you can get Spotify, see, you know, you know, see what you can do, man. So we are now searchable within iTunes. Just search for LRWS or Lawrence Ross, whichever one you want. And I got some stuff already up there. Uh, so I'm going to be playing some of that stuff tonight, as a matter of fact. And uh, so, yeah. And uh, so my goals for this podcast, hopefully, are to get people to listen to it, uh, give it some ratings, and uh, hopefully give us some feedback. Let us know what you like about the program, what you don't like about the program. Do you want to hear more about this? Do you want to hear less about this topic? Do you think we should cover this topic from this angle? Or what's your take on this topic? We'd like to hear from you. That sort of thing. And I would like to uh, be invited on uh, a uh, podcast. I've I've only done one other podcast uh, with somebody else. Uh, I did a podcast. Uh, I was on an episode of a podcast called Go From There years ago. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, but the podcast no longer exists. But that's neither here nor there. But uh, I'm looking to hope- hopefully... Uh, get this into uh, something i know that we have uh we have merchandise uh teespring.com is where you can check out our merchandise page and uh the overall nature of the uh program i know it says comedy in the uh main description but we also cover news and we try and keep like an open mind when it comes to certain topics uh but uh and uh, we have various uh, segments in the program, like we have a sports section, we have a uh, a radio history segment, which I'll be doing tonight. Uh, we have a TV review, uh, movie reviews, uh, restaurant reviews. Uh, as I, as I said, I've done some bit, I've done a lot of bits over the years, so I'll be explaining those. And uh, so yeah, so that is that, ladies and gentlemen. Hope that you uh, check this out. Hope that you enjoy what you are hearing currently. And I figure, you know, let's get into some sports talk. How about it? Baseball. There's no crying in baseball. Football. Call it Australian so that ESPN will run it all night and never explain the rules to anybody. And all the other sports in between. You ever watch golf on television? It's like watching flies fuck. Time for the sports section on the LRWS. All right, congratulations. Dodgers, they beat the Tampa Bay Rays in the World Series four games to two. And this is not the first time the Tampa Bay Rays have been to the World Series. This is the second time they have been to the World Series. And both times, ladies and gentlemen, well, in the words of Robert De Niro from Copland, You blow it! You guys at the Tampa Bay Rays organization, y'all totally blew it, man. You blow it! The first time the Rays were in the World Series, it was 2008 they went up against the Philadelphia Phillies, and they only won one game. This go-around, they played against the Los Angeles Dodgers, and they won two games. So maybe by the time they go to the World Series for the fourth time, maybe they'll win it. I don't know. 
But if you ask me, I think that uh, Justin uh, 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 Justin Turner is a fool, an absolute fool, to go out on the field knowing he had the coronavirus, and yet he wanted to hang around and be with his teammates. Sans a mask. Wouldn't it make sense to put a mask on there, dude, so that you don't possibly infect the other guys on your crew? Come on, man. That's just, that's not smart thinking, dude. And the only other sports-related thing that I have before we get into the football picks, because we do football picks every week on this program, uh, for any wrestling fans out there, Tracy Smothers passed away the other day. Now, Tracy Smothers, he had a lot of different gimmicks. Like, he was, uh, well, I've heard of him in the ECW. He was known as the full-blooded Italian. He was part of the FBI. FBI, baby! So, he did... He did a lot of various uh, events over the years, and one of the events was called JCW. JCW is Juggalo Championship Wrestling, and is it and it is a reference to the Insane Clown Posse. And here is a clip of the Insane Clown Posse. They're doing a commentary, and it's Tracy Smothers at a JCW event, and this is what happened. First time I hear a JCW out of you motherfuckers. Here we go with the same gimmick. <laughs> oh, stick. Oh, <laughs> Doc Juggle Hosey means business. <laughs> Tracy Smothers versus 8,000. I love it. If I hear an ICP one time. I'm going to get more shit thrown at me. <laughs> wow. Knocked the mic right out of his head. Perhaps his mystery opponent was the Juggalos. <laughs> 3D, I've never seen it this bad before ever. <laughs> Woo! Oh. JCW at his finest. Tracy Smothers <laughs> has returned. I think to he might be championship wrestling, and now he's gone again. <laughs> as fast as he came back, he left. <laughs> and the winner of this match. <laughs> Juggalos! The Juggalos! <laughs> Holy shit! He really <laughs> threw that into the crowd! <laughs> I don't know whether Billy cut the mic off or it got broke. Just like a bunch of pussy ICP, you gotta throw something, you motherfucker! <laughs> hey, you're the one throwing shit, you fucking asshole! Why is ICP known to throw shit? Right! <laughs> I love Tracy Smothers. He's the best. Uh, so there you go. Another another wrestling legend has passed away. I just got a message from my dad a, a little while ago, uh, where he basically said, uh, uh, basically said that uh, uh, that I left something out uh, when I would go to the Bubba show uh, because uh, because the way it would work uh, because the way it would work out. I would go to the show, it used to be every other Thursday, and uh, it was like that for about eight or nine months, and then it transpired into every Thursday, where I would just hang out, 
in the uh 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 and the little uh in the little uh in this little like frontway area where they had a little desk and I could set up my laptop and I could listen to the show uh type out the recap and uh and during the uh uh during the commercial breaks uh you know uh uh hang out with the guys a little bit you know go to the restroom you know talk to Manson a little bit talk to uh you know whoever was around you know just have a great time and uh uh well my dad drove me there so uh well, that's, that's pretty much that. So I don't know why I left that out, but uh, thank you, Dad. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, okay, so now I'm getting into the football picks. Let me get to this thing here. All right, here we go. All right. Now, taking a look at the uh, standings real quick. Uh, last week, let's see, I got 11, uh, 11 correct predictions and three wrong ones. And Thomas, he got 12 and 2. And the NFL Network. Wow. Wow. They got eight and six. So currently the standings are as follows. I'm sitting at 65, 39, and one. Thomas is 74, 30, and one. And the NFL Network, 67, 37, and one. Without further ado... Here are the football picks for week eight. Here we go. Yeah, just a little bit here. Oh, actually, that's as low as the volume went. All right, here we go. Trying to get a good balance. All right, here we go. Looking at the games here real quick. Okay, we got the Steelers and the Ravens. Thomas and the NFL Network are going with the Ravens. I'm going with the Steelers on this one. Rams at the Dolphins. Thomas and NFL are going with the Rams. Uh, I'll go with the Rams. Why not? Jets at the Chiefs. Chiefs all around it, baby. Even though, even though one of our players is out with a hamstring, we're still going to get it done. We got Patrick Mahomes, man. Patrick Mahomes is magic. Vikings at the Packers. Everybody now, go, Pack, go! Indianapolis at Detroit. Thomas and uh, NFL Network are going with the Colts. I'm going to go with Detroit on this one. The Raiders at the Browns. All right, and Thomas has Las Vegas. The NFL Network has Las Vegas. I'm going to go with Cleveland because I think Cleveland, Cleveland really impressed me last week. I went with them last week and they won. Although, let me just say this. I'm really surprised that the Atlanta Falcons won last night because <laughs> they were like 1-6. They were like 1-6 for the game. Now they're 2-6, but still, that's not going to mean they're going to be playing in the wild card anytime soon. Titans at the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, Thomas is going with the Titans. NFL Network is going with the Titans. And, well, so am I. All right, the Patriots at the Bills. Here's a little diversity here. Thomas is going with the Bills. NFL Network's going with the Patriots. Eh, I'll go with the Patriots. Why not? Chargers at the Broncos. Ooh, now the Broncos are down a couple of players. One guy is actually now on the COVID-19 list. 
And I know that sounds very hard to believe because when you listen to Sports Talk Radio, you watch ESPN, you hear about players being on injured reserve, the disabled list. Now there's a COVID-19 list, folks. So Chargers at Broncos. Thomas is going with the Chargers. NFL Network's going with the Broncos. I'm going to go with the Chargers for this week. Saints at the Bears. The Bears. And Thomas is going with the Saints. NFL Network's going to go with the Bears. And I'm going to go with uh, the Bears on this one. All right. Cowboys at Eagles. Eagles for Thomas and NFL. I'm going to go with the... Actually, you know what? I'm going to go with Eagles as well because the Cowboys, I don't know. Oh, boy. This one, this one's going to be pretty one-sided, if you ask me. Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the New York Giants. Buccaneers all because the New York Giants, eh, they're not so giant this year. And, well, that's the end of that one. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the end of the first hour, and we'll be right back after this. I'll be back with, uh, well, I'm going to do, I'm going to kick it off with uh, some radio history, then I'm going to go into uh, some elements that I've done, and uh, then if there's time, we will hopefully have a little bit more. So stand by, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. It's the LRWS on RazRadioLive.com, RadioKS.net, and NoNameNetwork.net, and podcasting on iTunes. Back after this. Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Lawrence Ross from the LRWS. Heard every Friday evening at 7 p.m. on RazRadioLive.com, RadioChaos.net, and NoNameNetwork.net. What's on a cookie? We're proud to announce that we now officially have our own store. Teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash LRWS. If they went on strike, it would be a month before anybody fucking knew about it. We've got t-shirts for the guys. I'm really starting to feel out nasty. T-shirts for the ladies. Tank tops. Hoodies, crew neck shirts, sweaters, iPhone cases, and much more. They don't have nothing. It's like a flea market threw up in there. That address again is teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash LRWS. Believe it or not, this is the part of the show where the guys step away from the microphones. Will you guys just shut up back there? The LRWS returns after this. Prince whatever enemy undefined. It's only theoretical 
if you found me here at last, then would you do what they asked? If you trust the words they said, then put your guns in my head. The beverages have been served. And the guys are ready to bring you more content. Get on the microphone in a serious manner and continue this broadcast. The LRWS. Text the comment line 813-602-2715 to join the program. Welcome back to the LRWS RazRadioLive.com, RadioChaos.net, net, net. NoNameNetwork.net and available on your iTunes podcast and hopefully coming to Spotify soon. I'm not sure in regards to the analytics, 
uh, in regards to any of those platforms, iTunes and or Spotify. I'm, I'm still I'm still learning that. I'm still trying to figure out all that I can about it so that eventually I can say, yeah, uh, I've looked at the analytics and it seems like we're popular in this area and it seems like our demographic seems to be these kind of people. So that, you know, that could be something. And as we normally like to do at the top of the second hour for the new people out there, we like to say what it is that we are indulging in. Uh, but uh, I do not have anything at all. I don't have any. I don't have any uh, water. I don't have any soda that I'm drinking right now. I'm just uh, doing this uh, totally, just uh, totally, just dry, basically. Uh, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you're enjoying the program thus far. And uh, and and as promised, ladies and gentlemen, time for a little radio history. Here we go. Well, it's actually well, yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, it's it's going to be radio history. A bit of an explanation to a comedian, and then it's going to circle back to it, uh, and it's going to... Well, it all ties itself in one way or another. Here we go. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. The Howard Stern Show. Hey, now. The Phil Hendry Show. Oh, I love Phil Hendry. And all the other radio shows in between. Have a bad night. <laughs> it's time for Radio History with Lawrence Ross on the LRWS. That wasn't cucumber dressing on my face. Okay, now back on October 29th, 2004, on XM Satellite Radio... The radio duo known as Opie and Anthony, who were fired a couple of years prior for a stunt called Sex for Sam, they were on XM Radio exclusively. And to give you an idea as to how exclusive it was, the channel was part of a premium package where if you wanted to hear the program, you had to pay twelve dollars a month and it was like that for about the first six months and they decided okay we'll just make it part of the regular xm xm subscription <clears throat> so opie and anthony just a brief little summary as to who they are they're these two guys out of long island new york uh both big into radio opie more than anthony basically and uh and opie one night uh he uh it was holding a contest in regards to uh, songs, and so this guy Anthony sent some stuff, and Opie liked it, and Anthony was invited on the program, and Anthony eventually appeared on the Howard Stern Show doing an impression of uh, Jackie the Joke Man Motling, <laughs> and Howard really enjoyed it, and uh, Opie and Anthony, they teamed up, they went to uh, Boston for a couple of years, then they got fired, then they went to New York, got fired, then they were on XM Satellite Radio, and this is where it picks up. So, the show basically it was kind of like a uh, uh, just it just you know a couple dudes hanging out talking about news and telling jokes and uh, Anthony Ewing impressions and Opie with his opinions and things of that nature. And they would have a bunch of comedians on, you know, to you know, you know, you know, uh, uh, entertain them, entertain the audience, that sort of thing. And one of the comedians is a guy by the name of John Valby, a.k.a. Dr. Dirty. And his gimmick is he plays the piano and he sings really, really dirty songs. I'm just going to give you the heads up right now, folks. If you're in the show for the very first time and you're easily offended by uh, language, uh, turn off your podcast device now or skip ahead because you're probably not going to want to hear this if you're easily offended. So when they were on XM Satellite Radio exclusively, 
one of the benefits was that their studio was right right above a place called Steinway and Sun. Steinway and Sons is a place in New York that is known for having just multiple million dollar beautiful looking pianos from what I've heard. So they send down John Valby <laughs> and and this and this guy Eric who worked uh, who works for them. And so here is what happens. <laughs> so John goes, he sits around the piano, he starts playing some some legitimate stuff and then he goes into one of his songs and here's what happened i was out on a date in my daddy's car i picked her up in a manhattan bar i finger fucked her clip she didn't set on a beat i had my cock in her throat too i was humping her face my pecker started to spit the doctor said the bitch had an epileptic fit <laughs> oh where can my pecker be the bitch bit in right off of me and there you have it. The Texas say, you like that? The Texas say, we need to leave now. <laughs> we know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Man, that's that's wild even for satellite radio. All right. Now, I didn't mean to uh, have that jump ahead so prematurely. I had these all spliced together on one clip so it's easier for me to cue it all up. And we go back a little bit. Okay, there Oh wait. Hang on, I messed up. Okay, there we go. Okay, okay. Third time's charm. Okay, we got it. Now we go to October 30th, 1938. Uh the infamous War of the Worlds broadcast. It was uh, the Mercury Theater, and it was broadcast on CBS Radio. And the man behind it, the director and star of the broadcasts, Orson Welles. And this broadcast, it freaked out a lot of people. It's based off of the War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells, where Martians invade. They took that, and turned it into a radio drama. And some people must have missed the thing. Hey, this is a performance. But nevertheless, here is the opening. Uh, it's like the opening uh, part where Orson Welles, he, he, he gives some uh, monologue that sets the tone for the evening. Here we go. We know now that in the early years of the 20th century... This world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man's and yet as mortal as his own. We know now that as human beings busied themselves about their various concerns, they were scrutinized and studied, perhaps almost as narrowly as a man with a microscope might scrutinize the transient creatures that swarm and multiply in a drop of water. With infinite complacence, people went to and fro over the earth about their little affairs, serene in the assurance of their dominion over this small, spinning fragment of solar driftwood, which by chance or design 
man is inherited out of the dark mystery of time and space. Yet across an immense ethereal gulf, minds that are to our minds as ours are to the beasts in the jungle, intellects vast, cool, and unsympathetic, regarded this earth with envious eyes and slowly and surely drew their plans against us. In the 39th year of the 20th century came the great disillusionment. Near the end of October, business was better. The war scare was over. More men were back at work. Sales were picking up. On this particular evening, October 30th, the Crosley service estimated that 32 million people were listening in on radios. All right, so that is that. And the rest of the broadcast is really, really good. And it starts off with a weather report. Then it goes into some music. Then it gets interrupted by news of something happening. Then they go back to the music. Another news report. Then an interview with the character that he plays, Professor Richard Pearson. And then all chaos just happens. And... It was it, it really took the country by storm because the people who knew, they, they knew what was up, but the people who didn't know were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. Martians are actually invading someone. Please, uh, you know, guard the door with the shotgun, you know, take shelter, all that stuff. But uh, it, it was revolutionary, and I love it. I play it every October 30th. I love it. It's, it's great. Now we go to October 31st, 2001 on the Phil Hendry Show. This was seven weeks after the September 11th attacks. And this is probably one of the funniest bits Phil did in the year 2001. I mean, he Phil has done a lot of great bits, but this one just really sticks out. He has this character, Pastor William Rennick, who is based on the radio preacher guys who will stand like far away from the microphone and they'll do their thing of like this morning Jesus spoke to me and he said to me brother free the congregation from all sins that kind of a thing so Pastor Rennick he took money that was supposed to go for a child surgery and he took the money to buy silver bullets so he could hunt the mythological werewolf. And the woman in this clip, it's, it's just so great because she means to say Bin Laden, but she screws his name up. But anyway... In any event, this is on Phil's Best of 2001 album, Bring It, track seven, as it should be. It's called Pastor William Rennick, Werewolf. Here's a sample. You no, are no, worse no, no, than no, no, the no, devil. No. You're worse than Ben Latterman. You stole the money. You owe his feet. Pastor, you said that the people in your, in your church want to have you evaluated. Uh, they want to put me away for 72 hours psychiatric evaluation. I put you away for 72 years. <laughs> so there you go there you go that's a little taste of what phil does and phil's known for good cop bad cop 
a lot. Well, that's what he used to be known for as. Now, now, now since he does, now Phil does internet radio, so now it's just him doing five different voices in one go. But the thing is that when he would interact with these callers who didn't know that it was him doing the voice, he would often, he would often try and sympathize with the caller as a legitimate talk show host, and the character would just be just incredibly offensive. Like if, like if there was a guy who called in, say, from like Arkansas or something, and he wrote, and he had a real thick accent, one of his characters would say something to the effect of like. Uh, well, let me tell you something, Jesse. Uh, I uh, I'm the manager of Fraser Foods, and I would not let someone like you, an incest survivor. What now, Mister Green? Please do not insult the callers. Well, look. Well, look at Phil. You bring on this incest survivor who calls me an asshole, and you're siding with him. You can go to the fifth ring. <laughs> stuff like that, and Phil would do that kind of stuff all the time, and that is what makes. Him so great. You can check out, as I said earlier, philhendryshow.com. You got to get a backstage pass, but let me just say this. I'm a backstage pass holder, and it is totally, totally worth it, ladies and gentlemen. It is totally worth it. Now, on to a couple of elements that I've done over the years. And uh, I want to play this one because it's very fitting. Because we have the election coming, we have the election coming up on Tuesday. And this one actually received a comment on our U- on the LRWS YouTube channel the other day. And the comment was, words to the effect of, did this guy write this song with a Crayola crayon? He knows nothing about politics. And all he's doing is just trying to pander to fit the social justice warrior quota. That was the gist of it. And Thomas wrote back to the guy saying, well, actually, no. He actually, well, actually, no, the guy who wrote this does not like social justice warriors. And this is a rap song I did about our current president, Donald Trump. It's called Insane in the Trump Brain. It's a takeoff on Insane in the Membrane by Cypress Hill. And here it is. May contain strong language, not safe for work. I know a lot about Pennsylvania, and it's great. How's Joe Paterno? Are we going to bring that back? How about that whole deal? I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody, and I wouldn't lose any voters. Trump's a fucked up man, and where the fuck did he get that tan? Yo, what the fuck is in his plan? Veterans and fuck you to Islam. Damn, he wants the Ivanka's clan. Yo, he's just going to wreck shit. Ship out the immigrants. Quick, somebody go call Nurse Ratchet. Bah, the sheep aren't thinking. We're sinking. Trump's convinced that his shit's not stinking. Yo, he's got a big ego, and on top of everything, he looks like a Dorito. Yo, I got to maintain, because a boy like me thinks Trump is insane. Insane in the Trump brain. How about that whole? How about that whole deal? Insane in the Trump brain. How's Joe Paterno? Are we going to bring that back? Insane in the Trump brain. Smarter than any of the ideological eunuchs. Insane in the Trump brain. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any voters. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! I don't want to live on this planet anymore. And there it is. That is one of the elements that I uploaded to the podcast uh, the other day because I wanted to have a little bit, you know, a little bit of substance before going full on out with this thing. So that is that. And uh, here's, okay, uh, here's one where I 
demonstrate for y'all the various uh, just just a little sample of just some of the impressions that I'm able to do. And I figured one day, I figured I'd do maybe about, I don't know, maybe 40 impressions or maybe even more. I'd probably have to sit down and write a full list of all the impressions that I'm able to do. And when I say do impressions, I mean like do them to like to the point where you can tell where I'm going with it. But nevertheless... Back in March of 2016, there was a Facebook page where they wanted to get Gilbert Gottfried to be the voice of Colonel Sanders. And so I was wondering, what would that sound like? So in this bit, you're going to hear Gilbert Gottfried, uh, impersonations of Gilbert Gottfried, High Pitch Eric from the Howard Stern Show, Andrew Dice Clay, George Takei, and Christopher Walken. In that order, by the way. So without further ado, here it is. It's Colonel Sanders Auditions. Here you go. Hope you enjoy it. Colonel Sanders Audition, Gilbert Gottfried, take one and rolling. A family walks into a talent agent's office. The father pulls down his pants and the mother begins to suck his cock as if it contained 11 herbs and spices. The son pulls his sister's panties down, puts mashed potatoes and gravy in her asshole, and then eats it out. The father then takes a helping of coleslaw, sticks it up the mother's cunt, and then eats it out. They all stand up, take a bow, and say, The Aristocrats! Cut. That's not what we're looking for at all. Would you like for me to do it as the Aflac duck? What's the definition of foreplay in Kentucky? Hey, sis, are you awake? Send to the next audition, please. Don't call us, Gilbert. We'll call you. Aflac! Colonel Sanders audition, high pitch Eric from the Howard Stern Show, take one. Wait, wait, are you eating while you're doing this, man? Yeah. Mmm. This chicken's good. Mmm. Before the Alpha Boy's a fucking pussy. Fine, just don't get any grease on the microphone. Fat fuck. Alright, rolling. Mm. Kentucky Fried Chicken has a great blend of lemon herbs and spices. Mmm. Mmm. That's good stuff. Mm. Try it today, because if you don't, I'll fucking abuse you on your voicemail. Like this. You stupid motherfucker. If you don't try KFC's bucket of chicken, mashed potatoes, and coleslaw, I'm going to fucking kill you and burn your fucking house down. Thank you, sir. Don't call us. We'll call you. Hey, you want to see how much my shit weighs after I've eaten some Taco Bell? This man is clearly insane. Please send in the next audition. Andrew Dice Clay, Colonel Sanders audition, take one, and rolling. Hickory dickory duck. Your mother was sucking my cuck. The clock struck eight. I just on a plate. I ate KFC out of a box. I'm over here now. That's not in the script at all, Mr. Clay. Or Mr. Silverstein. Whatever your name is. It's the Dice Man, you dopey cocksucker. Didn't you used to work on a family-friendly show on CBS? Whose fucking information are you getting? Next! George Decay, Colonel Sanders audition, take one, and rolling. Oh my. The original 11 herbs and spices from the Colonel are very delicious. 
But something else that is very delicious is Brad's huge wang. Okay, that was good. Please send in the last audition for this current time period. Christopher Walken reading for Colonel Sanders. Take one and rolling. The Colonel, he had 11 herbs and spices in his chicken. How did he do that? You know what would have made his chicken even better? More cowbell. Okay. That was great. Thank you, everybody, for coming out. I'm going on break. There it is, folks. Hope you guys enjoyed that. That was uh, Colonel Sanders' auditions. That was uh, that was a labor of love. That that was that that was just a lot of fun. Just writing that and uh, recording it. And I thought of that one when I was actually I was, I was actually in uh, South Carolina uh, for the weekend, and uh, and I was just taking a shower, and I just, uh, just that just came to me. I'm like, and I just I, I thought of the idea, and then when I came back, I uh, wrote it, and. Now you know the rest of the story. If we go and break things up just a little bit here, I'm going to give you all a little TV review, and then I'm going to do a little, uh, do a little, uh, little musical, uh, little musical montage for y'all. So here we go. This man watches his TV. You sat through the video game segment. You made it through the horrible sports commentary. Now here's another ridiculous section of the program. What kind of a TV is it? It's the TV review. Every time he's trying to fix with it in the back, something keeps happening with the picture. Only on the LRWS. He's burning down the house with that TV. Alright, so I got Pluto TV, which is a totally free service, by the way. It is a great, great little thing. Great app. Uh, it has a it, it has a channel. It has a thing on uh, the Roku box, and everything is free. And yeah, you got to sit through some commercials, but after a while, you really don't really seem to uh, care about that. You just want to watch the show. The commercials don't take away from the don't take away from the program. So I decided to check out this show behind bars, America's toughest jail. And season one focuses on something called the Tent City in Phoenix, Arizona. So about that. It's got the, and this episode had 10 inmates, 10 British inmates who they spent two weeks there because it was basically, it was basically like their final straw because if they acted up, then they would go inside for real. This is like a trial run, basically. And two of the participants tapped out before it was all said and done. Like on, like on the very, like on the very first day of them having to work on the chain gang, there was one guy who defiantly did not want to get his head shaved. So like, all right, you go home. And then some other guy was just having a bad attitude. So they just said, all right, well, you get out of here, dude. So these eight British prisoners are trying to adjust to life in the big house, and it is really brutal there. I mean, I mean, like the warden is. I mean, like the sheriff is incredibly brutal. Not not like not like he's abusive, like physically, but he will. He he is no nonsense. He tells them, "All right, gentlemen, throw away all your food. No food on the bus whatsoever. No talking." That sort of thing. He's, he's, he's very strict, has a lot of rules. And the chain gang, 
The chain gang hasn't even been around since 1955, but this guy brought it back. And you got to remember, this is Arizona. This is like the deserts of Arizona, where it can get anywhere to like 130 degrees outside during the day. And then at night, it's like below freezing. And they got to sleep in these tents. And it seems like every other prisoner wants to kill them or every other prisoner is just like daring the other one to kill another guy. And if anybody finds anything on the ground whatsoever, they are instantly spotted. It's like, hey, wait a minute, man. That's a bag of marijuana. You can't be smoking around here, man. You can't be smuggling it back here. Or if you smuggle it back in, you're going to be in a whole lot of trouble. Or there was one day where they were doing a trash pickup and a guy found this like bent like uh, this 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 sharp object and they're like, oh, that could be a shank, sir. But it's it's really, really good if, if, if you're into that sort of thing. If you're into that, which not everybody is into that. I get it. I understand. I know how it works. So, yeah, so go check that out. All right, let's see. What's this? Okay. All right, uh, well, I think I go and roll this because, well, I wanted to... All right, okay, so that takes care of that. Now... I wanted to play this last week, but we just didn't have the time to do it. But uh, uh, it's a short little bit that I did. Uh, And I'm playing it because the news came out that the Charlie Brown holiday specials will now be on Apple TV. And people are really upset because this means they're going to have to pay for it. And it takes away the tradition of watching it with their families on ABC and stuff, which it makes sense. But, you know, this is this is Apple we're talking about. They want to get that money. You know, I mean, and if, and you can always either get the, the DVD or it's, or they're probably on YouTube, but about five years ago, the original voice actor for Charlie Brown, Peter Robbins, was sentenced to five years in prison for threatening the life of a sheriff. So I had an idea, Charlie Brown behind bars, and uh, it's a, uh, uh, it's uh, it's a little uh, it's a little movie. So here we go. Wait, why was it why is it not playing? What the? Why is it not playing? Huh? Hold on. This is wild. Oh, wait a second. Duh! I never. Hang, hang on a second. <laughs> oh, wait a second. Oh, oh, th- there we go. There we go. I, 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 ha- I had something in the way. Okay, okay. Take two. Here we go. Charlie Brown behind bars. Here we go. Coming this... Cr- okay, wait, hang on. Let me turn that down a little bit. That's that's a little overmodulated. Okay, here we go. Take, take three. Here we go. Coming this Christmas to a theater near you. We all remember growing up and watching Charlie Brown and the Peanuts gang. But what happens when Charlie Brown's original voice actor gets five years in prison for threatening the life of a sheriff? You have been found guilty by a jury of your peers on the charge of threatening the life of a sheriff. Do you have anything to say for yourself? Good grief. I have no choice but to remand you to custody immediately. Witness the day-to-day tension as America's favorite lovable loser adjusts to life in the big house. All right, cellmate. Today's contraband check. Here's what I got. An AK-47... A Mac 11, a revolver, and a 9mm, all from Aaron Hernandez. I also have two bags of reefer, six grams of meth, and seven lines of cocaine. What you got, bitch? I got a rock. That's all you got is a rock of cocaine? Damn, you got a lot to learn. 
Try some reefer, punk-ass bitch. Good grief. This smells like Snoopy's asshole. That means it's fresh weed from California, bitch. Now smoke, or I'll shank you in the shower. Find out what happens when a corrupt prison warden enters the picture. Toss my salad! Good grief. I don't want to toss the warden's salad again. I'd much rather take Linus and Lucy, roll them up in Linus's stupid security blanket, kill them, and then drop their bodies off in the nearest ditch. They're trying to build a prison for you and me. Charlie Brown, Behind Bars, coming this Christmas to a theater near you. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent. There it is, that's Charlie Brown, Behind Bars. That's a little uh, thing I cut, as I said, five years ago. Now, uh, out of this real quick, I just want to roll it. Uh, this is actually, no, this is, this is, uh, um, uh, this is going to be a little, uh, uh, this is going to be a montage. And what I got here is... I have three songs concerning the coronavirus. Now, let me just say this real quick. Uh, I'm of the opinion that I hope things return back to normal because I cannot trust what Dr. Anthony Fauci says. He seems to me like one of those guys who it seems like his opinion changes whenever the wind shifts because... Last month, he said he doesn't think we'll be back to normal until 2021. Now he's saying 2022. And I understand this is totally unpredictable. We don't know when it's going to end. We don't know when something will be etched in stone so that we can get back to what it is that we used to do. But we all just have to be patient, unfortunately. And this is kind of like the way that I kind of cope with it. I, I did uh, three songs about the uh, coronavirus and had them all lined up one after the other, one after the other, after the other, after the other. And so in this order, you're going to hear fucking Corona, the first one I did, which is a takeoff on Battle Hymn of the Republic. Then you're going to hear I Don't Think the Pandemic Will End, which is what I wrote when I initially heard the claim by Fauci that it probably won't be over till 2021. And my mindset is, well, they're taking so damn long that I don't think it's ever going to wrap up ever. I think we're fucked like this forever. I think we are screwed. But I'm a little bit calmer now. I've, I've, I've since pulled back from that opinion. And then this other one I have is a takeoff on Yesterday by the Beatles. So you guys enjoy that. Or if you don't want to, you can just jump ahead in the podcast feed. And I'll be back in about nine minutes and 37 seconds. So stay tuned. I'll be back after this. It's the uh, coronavirus uh, montage, I should say. So here it is. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. This damn coronavirus has been around for too long Can't relax on the patio or mow the fucking lawn Hindsight's 2020, but I think all our hopes are gone This shit keeps dragging on Fuck, 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 fucking corona 
Corona. Fuck, 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 fucking Corona. Fuck, 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 fucking Corona. This shit keeps dragging on. As the days crawl by, we wonder, will this shit ever end? When can we have a pool party with our neighbors and friends? I want to go to Taco Bell or Applebee's again. This shit keeps dragging on. Fuck, 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 fucking Corona. Fuck, 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 fucking Corona. Fuck, 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 fucking Corona. This shit keeps dragging on. Bank accounts got slightly bigger, so that doesn't suck. But the checks came from the government, they're all a bunch of schmucks. In solidarity, we scream, you incompetent fucks. This shit keeps dragging on. Fuck, 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 fucking Corona. Fuck, 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 fucking Corona. Fuck, 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 fucking Corona. This shit keeps dragging on. Fuck, 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 fucking Corona. Fuck, 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 fucking Corona. Fuck, 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 fucking Corona. This shit keeps dragging on. Summer has come and passed, but it was not a fucking blast. I don't think the pandemic will end. Everyone says this too shall pass. Well, I don't mean to sound real crass. I don't think the pandemic will end. Socially distancing, we're all six feet apart. Can't date a sweet woman. I can't give her my heart. Ah, boo-hoo. Everyone says hope for the best, but I think all our hope is lost. I don't think the pandemic will end.
What the heck? What the? Huh. Well, that's the strangest thing. All, all of a sudden, the thing just stopped. What the heck? That's the... That's crazy, man. All of a sudden, it just stopped. Wow. You know, I, I was not expecting that. I wasn't expecting that. I, I thought I was... Oh, oh, oh! Wait a second. Wait, wait. Huh. Isn't that just something? Huh. Wow. That is... That is just... Crazy. I thought... I, I... 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 Don't... Wow. Man, it just... It, it just... Wow. Man, you know, I, I... I wanted, you know, I... uh, I, th I thought... I thought I gave myself some time... So I could go get a little bite to eat. And... Wait, 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 whoa, 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 oh, gosh, that's just, that, that's, wow. I, I, I was not expecting that to happen. Da it's, it's, it, it is, it is never, you know, it's, it's, it's never crashed when I've ever, like, used it in the middle of doing a show. Man, that is just, Wow. I I, ne I never would have expected it to do that. That is just wow. Okay, you know I may have to do that. You know I may have to say that for next week. Now that I think about it, because the whole thing. Wow, wow, man! I was I was not expecting it to do that. All of a sudden, the whole thing just goes down the tubes. Wow, man! That 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 kind of derailed things a little bit. Oh my goodness. That was just woo. Whoa. Shit. Whoa. This this is oh, oh, oh shit. wow. What the hell? What the hell? I I I I, ne I never would have thought that I would ever do that ever. In in the middle of doing a show. It's it is it has never done that ever. Ever. Wow. Audacity is never, Audacity is never crapped out on me in the middle of doing a show in regards to playing an audio file. Yeah, it's done it when I've recorded a show on the other computer, and it just and it totally just craps the bed. But it's never it's 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 never done that before. Wow, damn. All right, but anyway, if you want to hear those songs in their entirety, ladies and gentlemen, they are up on the. Uh, Within the, excuse me, it, within uh, the podcast. Uh, they are, they're all up there. So you can check them out there if you want. I, 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 re I was not expecting, I was not expecting that to happen. I, 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 I never would have thought it would have, it would have done that. But here it, here it is. Wow. Dang. Yeah, the perils of doing live radio, folks. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. My gosh, I, 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 I ne ne never, never would have guessed it would ever do that. 
Oh, wow. That is just, whoa. That is crazy. I, I, I never would have thought it would do that, but here it is. It happened. Wow. Some tech issues. Wow. Man, right out of the gate. So I got to, man. Uh, I don't know. I mean, should I continue? Uh, you know, yeah, you know, I probably should. I probably should continue a little bit. I only got a couple minutes left in the show anyway, so I might as well. You know, I've, I've, I've come this far. Why why stop now, you know? Okay, okay, well, okay, okay now Joss is firing up again. This is just, wow. I never, wow. That, that, that is, that, that, again, that, that's, a, that's a new one. I've never had Audacity crap the bed like that, ever. And now the whole thing is gone. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, okay, hang on. I might, okay. Okay, well, actually, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm just, here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to play the most recent uh, COVID song for y'all real quick. Uh, the Beatles one. Uh, the Yesterday track. I'll play that. And then I'll have some, uh, I don't know, then I'll probably, yeah, yeah, then, then I'll some final thoughts and we're going to wrap it up. Let's see here. Let's see, wait a minute, is it, in, is it here? Uh, yeah. No, that's, sheesh. Uh, you know, I forgot to import the other, <laughs> I forgot to import the third Corona song into my uh, documents. Man. I can never do that. It's 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 just it's it's just been hanging around in Dropbox. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. So here. Okay. Here we go. Uh, here is here's the most recent one. It's a takeoff on yesterday by the Beatles. Here we go. Hope you like it. Yesterday. When we used to go outside and play The pandemic has us locked away Oh, take me back to yesterday Quarantine Everything is on my iPhone screen Here's a cure tiger blood from Charlie Sheen. No, he might have COVID-19. Man, this is so long. We wonder when it will pass. Trump and Fauci blab, but their heads are up their asses yesterday when we used to hang and celebrate no poon tank so we all just masturbate oh take me back to yesterday we all wear these masks i wonder is a bank getting robbed when this is all done can a girl please give me a blowjob yesterday we would always hang around and play 
The pandemic has us locked away. Oh, take me back to yesterday. LRWS, RazRadioLive.com, RadioChaos.net, NoNameNetwork.net, and if you're listening to the podcast on iTunes, thank you everybody, greatly appreciate it. Only got a few minutes left, so I just want to reiterate my goals for this podcast. What I'm looking to do is I want to eventually get to the point where People are sharing this program with their friends, family members, co-workers, neighbors, whoever, and it's getting a positive feedback. You know, it's getting positive feedback. People are really engaging with it. People are really responding. People are writing to us because we're always looking for feedback because I do not mind if somebody in the audience disagrees with me. I don't mind that at all. I just, you know, I, or, you know, or, or if they totally agree with me on something, I, I just want to know that an audience is out there that we're making a difference in someone's life that we're getting someone through sometimes, hopefully. And I hope to eventually, you know, get the chance to say, Hey, I've been asked to appear on this podcast. So Look for me there, and hopefully I'll be able to, uh, you know, cross promote with uh, the program that, you know, that I would probably be on, and hopefully inherit some of the audience from that program, and hopefully, hopefully we can all cross promote, and uh, everything will uh, fit. But that's it. I'm still blown away by the by audacity just. Just dump it out right in the middle of that Corona track. But, you know, I decided, okay, I figured, I okay, I figured it was nine minutes. I figured, okay, maybe I had time to fix myself a little snack. But I was monitoring it just in case. And good thing I was because all of a sudden the thing, like the thing stopped. And I thought, wait a second, is, is, that, is that on my end? Is, is that on the end of the uh, streaming service or is that my computer that just that just decided to mess up and it was the computer that messed up. So I don't know. Uh, maybe I should have uh, cut the snack short or I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Let that one get away from me a little bit folks. But, uh, but any rate, ladies and gentlemen, uh, hope that you have enjoyed the program. Hope that you will continue to check it out. Hope that you subscribe. As a matter of fact, uh, I did ask for people to, uh, you know, I I uh, um, uh, I did ask that people say, "Hey, I subscribed," but nobody did. Either either a nobody saw it, or b people saw the post and thought, "Oh gosh, here he goes again, asking for more of an audience." Uh, but at any rate, let's see here. Oh, it's over there. All right, hold on a bit. Let me do this here. All right. Well. It's almost over, so I might as well just go ahead and just give you the uh, give you the rundown of what's on the network uh, coming up on NoNameNetwork.net nine o'clock. It's uh, Spicoli TV coming up at nine o'clock tomorrow night 
on KinkyKatieRadio.com and uh, RadioChaos.net. It's Kinky Katie's World, uh, the pre-show. And then 10 o'clock, a brand new episode. And then Sunday at noon, Rude Coffee with Don and Amy. And then 5 p.m., uh, the Weekend View with Don, Kevin, and Randy. And remember, you can always check out TF52.com. Click on the Donate button. And you can donate however much you want, however little you want. It keeps this platform afloat. And uh, we like doing what we do here. And uh, I'm sorry that Marcy and Thomas were not on this week. Uh, I know that Thomas will not be on for the next couple of weeks. He has uh, uh, work scheduling uh, stuff he has to deal with. And uh, as I say with Marcy, we hope to hear from her soon. Uh, But at any rate, I just want to say thank you to everybody who has checked this out. And uh, that is pretty much that. I'm Lawrence Ross. And well, again, let me let, let me just go and explain my outrow real quick. When I was growing up in Tampa, there was a sports guy named Chris Thomas who used to do the middays on 620 WDAE. And I could only catch him either on a day off or during summer vacation or winter vacation during school. But Chris would always end the show with uh, a phrase and I liked it and I've uh, and I've started utilizing it and I don't know when I started utilizing it on this program but I think it's always uh, stuck with me good lord willing in the creek don't rise that's what I always say tell someone you love that you love them and mean it and we'll try it again in the morning that, that's what you always say at the end of the program but of course while that's doing weekly shows I always got to change it up to We will see you next Friday, and that is what we will be doing. And in regards to full episodes on YouTube, I'm not sure if we will be doing that uh, uh, anymore. I'm I'm not sure. Uh, I think we're probably just going to do highlights now. And uh, so if you want to catch the full episodes, you'll have to go to iTunes, go to the podcast section, and search LRWS or Lawrence Ross, one of the two. I know that I'll definitely have to update the outrow because the outrow has uh, um, some information that uh, needs to be changed a little bit. But at any rate, ladies and gentlemen, have a safe and happy Halloween. Good Lord willing in the creek don't rise. Tell someone that you, you love, that you love them and mean it. And we will see you next Friday. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Nope. Okay. Take two on the out row. Bye, guys. See you all next Friday. Love ya. Tonight, I'm not losing my virginity or my liquor license over you bitches, so pack up. It's over, Johnny. It's over. You've been listening to the LRWS. Email the show, blindlords at gmail.com. Follow the crew on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash blindlords, Katniss Marcy, or LRWS Waterhead. Become a fan of the show on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash LRWS Productions. Visit the show archives, youtube.com forward slash LRWS Productions, or nonamenetwork.net. Support us on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash LRWS or Patreon.com forward slash L Ross 1987. Let me have a Diablo sandwich of Dr. Pepper. Make it fast. I'm in a goddamn hurry.
sneaks edition of the Lawrence Rosswater Head Show. Uh-oh. Has just hit the brakes. Keep your ugly fucking gold brick and ass out of my beach community. You lose! Good day, sir! I was making radio shows for fun. Everybody does it. Everybody I know does. Shut up! Well, then I guess you're done for the day. And baba booey to y'all. <laughs>